Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Wellness Talks. I'm your host, Jonathan Ehrenberg. On today's episode, we will be discussing the language of mental illness. More specifically, we will be discussing the language of depression and anxiety disorders. But first, before we do that, I would like to take a moment to say thank you to each and every one of you who have purchased my new book, The Road to Mental Wellness, a book about my lifelong journey um, with mental illness as I battle um, from uh, childhood up until modern times um, when I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress from being a firefighter for 15 years. Um, the book is doing um, way better than even I thought initially would, would do and uh, and the feedback that I've been getting and the reviews are just um, mind-blowing and humbling. So thank you very much for everyone who's been so kind and I'm really glad that um, there are so many people getting so much out of that book. Um, that's really what it was published for and so it's really nice when you put together a project um, and um, people get to see or read and benefit from exactly what you wanted that book to communicate and how you wanted it to resonate. Um, so if you're looking to buy the book yourself, um, you can do so at the road to mental wellness.com um, or you can, um, you can do so at Amazon itself directly at any Amazon site, whether it be amazon.ca or amazon.in or uh, amazon.com. It's uh, all you have to do is type in the road to mental wellness and it'll pop up for you and you can order you can either order the uh, paperback version or the Kindle version. Also, I'd like to take a, a quick minute to thank everyone who uh, listens to the road to mental wellness.com. Um, it surely is a uh, um, great to have people come back time and time again and it's wonderful to have new readers. So Thank you for all that. Um, hopefully, um, if you haven't checked it out before, hopefully you will today, and uh, maybe it'll help you in some way or somebody you know. And that's really the goal of this whole thing, even this podcast today. So, without further ado, I would like to get on with the um, mental health um, language of depression and anxiety. So, most of us by now have heard of um, the love language. Um, and that specifically relates to how we need to be loved and how our partners or potential partners need to um, learn that language and we also need to learn theirs. So sometimes that can mean like people are, are doers and, and givers um, and that's how they express their love language whilst other people are huggers and and more on the emotional plane and... and uh, Value communication. Um, those are uh, two. La- those are a few languages that um, a lot of us um, have that dictate how we'd like to be loved. So pretty basic stuff. And si- and similarly, um, some mental health conditions have its own language as well. And unlike love language, it's um, a bit nefarious in the sense that it. It gets so um, intertwined with our our thought process and how we define ourselves as people that we are oftentimes totally fooled 
into uh, thinking that the way we think and the way that we communicate um, with the exterior world is actually us. Um, and that can be problematic because um, a lot of people don't um, quite understand that they are depressed or that they are anxious. Um, and the reason why that's problematic is because if it goes under the radar and uh, you think that you are communicating as your authentic self um, and you can't simultaneously figure out why you're always having a different, difficult go of life, um, that's probably a first flag that would indicate that maybe um, change is in order. And uh, firstly, in order to combat or to decide or find out whether this um, is going on, whether you know uh, uh, depression or anxiety has sort of hijacked uh, you as a person and, and decided that it would drive the bus as opposed to your authentic self. Um, that's, that can be really tricky um, just for um, the obvious reasons what I just stated that uh, you sort of don't even realize that um, it's driving the bus. But nonetheless, there are some sort of indicators, and that's not all or none, that can sort of point you in a direction that might make you think, hey, this quite isn't um, the way it should be. Um, life is supposed to be somewhat exciting or what have you, or, you know, there should be some joy. Um, you seem to be chronically worried all the time. Maybe that chronic worry is way out of proportion for what um, what it actually should be. Like, if you're worried about literally everything in your life, um, it might not be a mental health disorder like anxiety, but nonetheless, it's worthy of going to a mental health professional and uh, sort of working with it to see um, if there is some sort of a misunderstanding about who you are and if it is anxiety that's dominated your pro your thought process. So firstly, if you if you have an excessive amount of sadness um, that you just can't shake um, for long periods of time, um, and that's way different than the blues. I mean, we all have um, moments in time where we're we're not exactly um, um, enjoying ourselves in life. Uh, but that said, I mean, like um, if you're having um, long periods of, of time where you're uh, sleeping, you're extremely tired, you withdraw from people. Um, you know, we can use it, we can use a, we can easily mistake that for like introversion, for example, um, which uh, being introverted is an actual thing for uh, roughly 50% of the population. But that being said, um, it's, is it depression or is it introversion? Or are you depressed, introverted person? Um, the only way, or the first hints that you know these things is to actually figure out the language that um, coincides with um, your life. Um, so uh, negative self-speak, for example, is um, if it's continuous and uh, somebody points it out to you, you're always being negative. Well, you're actually, in fact, if you're depressed, you're not really being negative to a degree, whereas um, it's sort of a social construct, but rather you're depressed. And so the first step of that becomes, how do I know that I'm depressed? Or how do I have an inkling um, 
that it's time for me to go get help. And so today I wrote an article uh, on the road to mentalwellness.com. Um, um, I, for, oh my, I forget the name of it, honestly. <laughs> but this, again, this is a mental health thing, right? Uh, poor memory. Um, but in the article, I built it kind of around a negative self-statement. Right? I don't want to say negative, but a, de- a depressed person's kind of something uh, in similar to that a depressed person would say. And what it was is I initially started out with um, how to improve the self um, when they have mental health conditions. And one way that um, science has clearly demonstrated um, on, multi- on a multitude of levels and a number of times, so it's been successfully replicated and peer-reviewed, um, that exercise does in fact impact one's mental health in, an, in a positive way. Um, the only caveat there, of course, is um, where everyone's different and there's genetic factors and, and a whole host of other things, um, that it may um, may vary depending on who you are as a person. And for um, certain portions of the population, albeit smaller than, than the rest, it seems to s- suggest that uh, there are people that are resistant to um, the benefits of exercise or diet, cleaner diets, and, and so on. So with that said, I also wrote um, in this article that when one, some people may read that and say, I, will, I would be that person that wouldn't benefit from exercise or a clean diet or self-care. I just know it. It was something along that line, and um, if you if you look at that um, that paragraph and you say to yourself something similar, um, I personally just mainly due to my own personal experience and trying to figure out how to move forward and try to figure out who's driving the bus. Um, I would look at that what you had just said and and play it back in your head and say ask yourself this question um, how do I know that that exercise is going to work for me what proof do I have that it's not it, it won't be a benefit to me and why am I saying without any without any effort at all um, in the realm of exercise like starting a running program or going to the gym or walking three days a week or every day in the morning without any of that to gauge whether it actually does help why am I saying this to myself if in fact I don't know if that's true or not and that could be um, um, a good marker that maybe uh, you should make an appointment with a mental health professional now I must say that that doesn't indicate that you're depressed uh, necessarily or that you have anxiety necessarily but Nonetheless, it's a good starting point to at least evaluate whether your authentic self is actually driving the bus or, you know, there's something else going on. So if you have any inkling at all that there might be something going on or that that would be an automatic statement that would pop in your head, perhaps it wouldn't hurt to seek the services of a mental health professional and to see uh, what's going on. And if it ends up being depression or anxiety saying to you something like, no one likes me or I'll never accomplish anything, um, those things, if they're going on sort of habitually, um, 
those that could be an indicator that at least it's time to see a mental health professional. So um, it is very difficult um, when it's when it's thought to be your authentic self. Um, but like, if you can sort of see that statement, um, and the things, and if you're like, oh, I hate this, and that bugs me, and well, you know, or if you're just in denial about, you know, feeling cruddy all the time, those are all indicators, in my opinion, and in my experience, that, you know, it's, it's time to maybe book an appointment. And there's no shame in your mental pain, like, um... And there's only a chance to benefit from um, seeking professional help, f- from starting a running program, to eating better, um, to um, dumping toxic relationships, or starting over if need be, um, so that you have a, a a chance. It's all about providing yourself with opportunity for growth, a growth mindset coupled with therapy and um, maybe a diagnosis of something, if it's there, can go a long way to improving your life. Like, I walked through my life for almost the entire thing from the time I was cognizant of being a person um, till this very day, or not this very day, my apologies, till um, my diagnosis of PTSD, which a couple years ago, when the psychiatrist I was seeing saw the major depressive disorder um, manifest itself in front of her and when that when when I was diagnosed with that it all clicked right I had a negative disposition on a lot of things um, I would say stuff like oh that wouldn't work for me or I'd eat well but I don't like this or don't like that or it was just like a constant fight with myself almost um, uh, the inner toddler maybe <laughs> the inner depressed toddler fighting with myself all the time but when I look back on my history um, it's definitely there the way I feel today and, and being aware of depression was how I felt for the majority of my life um, that depressed heavy uh, feeling uh, with no energy and uh, wanting to isolate and all those things so um, but I would have never have caught on to that had I not seek professional services, and in my case, it was just ha- so happened that I was trying to, I had the, a good idea that I was post-traumatic and, and needed a diagnosis to try to figure it out. Either way, um, I had to figure out the languages that were being, that, that those mental illnesses were speaking, but I also had to figure out what all was um, causing um, a disruption in my life to a point where I'm, um, not able to work and and all those things so these are all things that you we need to bring from um, the emotional realm into the uh, thinking realm of ourselves and challenge our notions about things right about ourselves about our interior um, right so for example if you have a love language and uh, and it's it's where you need to be, you know, hugged and, and communicated. And your partner refuses to do that. Um, it's it, it's a there's a communication breakdown. So if you refuse to acknowledge, even in the face of trying, um, knowing that there or having an inkling that there's something going on other than just you being you. Um, um, 
then um, if you if you resist it, which is quite possible with with these, especially with depression and, and anxiety um, and uh, oppositional defiant disorders. Yeah. So the the whole the whole uh, if I was to break it down in as simple as I could, it would essentially be that uh, regardless, you have to do the opposite of the things that are causing you disruption, pain, and misery, and um, you know uh, this perpetual cycle of depression and anxiety or, or whatever you're facing. Um, um, so, I mean, dealing with flashbacks from PTSD and therapy and stuff is no pleasant trip. But it, I acknowledge that it has to be done. And uh, so I, by um, learning the languages that came along with uh, my depression and things, it propelled me into a state of, okay, um, I need to do this for help. I need to do that. I need to research, exercise more, eat better. And you know, um, while I'm not I'm not a hundred percent by any stretch. Um, when I work out, for example, um, a lot, most of the time um, the exercise is a noticeable improvement um, in my mental health, like a significant improvement, actually. And usually lasts for a couple of days and if I keep going on a regular basis which I mostly do um, it sort of keeps me on an even keel and uh, it's like having the first step of the ladder so that I can always um, keep moving up you know keep moving up in the way from from the darkness if you will and I none of this would have been possible had I not learned that um, I'm my authentic self, which is more of a, a highly sensitive, empathic uh, kind of dude, which is something that most of us don't like to admit. Um, and um, by resisting it, only only allowed um, depression and anxiety to grow um, exponentially and out of control. And so once I learned that my authentic self was more of a of a, a helper and a uh, empath um, I can I can embrace that more today and give myself permission to be who I am and it does make life a lot easier I can easily I can easily more easily walk away from toxic relationships and all of those kind of wonderful things so if you are if you're thinking that you might be a little more negative than and we'll use the word negative even though I don't really feel like people with depression are negative. It's 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 a it's a symptom of depression. So, um, but if you're feeling like everything that you talk about is kind of a downer, or that this wouldn't work for me, or of course that would happen, and and you know all those things, um, wrought with um, if you're fraught with uh, self-fulfilling negative prophecies, <laughs> um, then you know on a on a large scale, or even if somebody says, man, you know what? You're a bummer. <laughs> you're you're negative all the time. Even if that's a social context that doesn't exactly do actual depression justice, it again can be an indicator that you know. Well, wait a minute. Why would somebody call me negative if I wasn't like a downer? You know, and and it may it may suck to hear that, or even seem inappropriate. But it it is a great gauge to say, well, look, well maybe. Maybe there's something more to this, um, you know. So, what I suggest 
is that you do your homework like like I had done or you can just you know blindly take my advice I would rather you do your own homework research and discover it for yourself and look into it look into the benefits and then when you realize that there's a consistent amount of data in, in, a, in many of a paper that show um, the benefits of exercise and the other one, the other one I'll, I'll just let you know that I found through this copious amount of digging was sleep. Okay, sleep was a huge one. It's probably in the top five of the most important things that you can ever do for your health. Going to bed on time, getting a good night's sleep, waking up the same time every day, regardless if it's the weekend or regardless, you know, um, balancing your circadian rhythm is wonderful for your whole body systems. And, and uh, if your body systems are nearer to uh, homeostasis than than uh, than not then you you'll have a better go of it and the thing about the negative self script that, that is so predominant with depression and anxiety is that when you start to feel better that those depressive statements and anxious statements um, sort of melt away to a degree and you find yourself appreciating your day off more often and getting out in the sunshine more or you know sympathizing with people more often or having more energy and then you know oh isn't this great you know um there's more of a a positive shift and and uh, and it's a wonderful thing even if it doesn't last all day long uh, like i acknowledge that i will i have depression um and you know that i've struggled with it all my life and that um, not every day for me is going to be rosy. In fact, you know, not every week will be rosy. But I do know for a fact that um, tomorrow or the next moment from now could be a catalyst that gives me a week of great memories and happy times with family and uh, laugh with friends and all those things. So um, all of that all hinged on going, wait a minute. Maybe the way I speak has something to do with my mental health. And from there, as I said, I learned to take control of the bus. I realized that I wasn't driving the bus, and I still aren't driving the bus all the time. But I know that now. I know when I take a back seat, and I fight like hell to get up over every seat on that bus to grab that wheel again and take control of my life so that I can have a week here and a couple of weeks there of living. Whereas before when I was undiagnosed or unacknowledged in terms of where I was in life with my mental health, I was constantly in misery. I was negative, I was aggressive. Not physically aggressive, but combative. And I was, you know, and those things can still come along, but it's not it's not as near as much as it was and as the days go by I can help and inspire because I've tried these things and I know they work that I can only get better not worse so at very least you tried something and it didn't work you move on at very at very most you feel better and you enjoy your family more you enjoy your living a little more you might have enough strength to pursue a passion in all those things so the initial the, the deciphering who's who's chattering and who's not 
leads to a bunch of wonderful things. So all I can do today is um, wish you the best of luck and hope that you do your absolute best to live your best life and do whatever that takes, as I usually say in my book, The Road to Mental Wellness. You have to do whatever it takes to get better. Sometimes in life, it just doesn't matter how we feel. What that looks like to you may be different. So if you can get off your bed and under the couch, then that's action. That is an action. That is not a, that's not something that's keeping you down. It's an action. And from there, you might be able to go for a walk or sit on your step or then um, slowly build your ladder up to the point where you're able to write a book or you're able to finally do that thing that you've always wanted to do but was either too scared to because of anxiety or too depressed you know and too ne- and your, your thought process was counter and in, in, um, counterproductive so please keep on trying I believe in you and keep on the, down the road to mental wellness and uh We hope to see you on the next episode of uh, The Wellness Talks. Bye-bye now.